Next up on Visual Wow. The coronavirus has devastated so many industries, but the reality is that we need Congress and the White House to work together to continue providing support. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Visual Wow. The podcast for people passionate about live events. We're obsessed with creating and capturing those wow moments. This is the place the top pros come to share their secrets. Now, here's your hosts, Jack Hartsman and Monica Vidal. Welcome back, Visual Community. We are back on the patio on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. It's about 75 degrees. Uh, again, clear blue skies in the nation's capital. Uh, here today, uh, my lovely wife, Monica, to my stage left, where as we talk about the NFL, we're doing like a little uh, radio side left side of the field is Monica. <laughs> Hello, on, everyone. On the right side of my field uh, is the incomparable Senator Cheryl Kagan, District 17, State of Maryland, Rockville, Gaithersburg. Cheryl, welcome to the patio and welcome to the show. Thank you, Jack. Great to be here. So, uh, full disclosure, you are the first political figure we have had on the Visual Wild podcast. Wow. Um, this is not meant to be uh, your side versus our side uh, or any other side for that matter. This is not a blue versus a red conversation. Uh, this to, is meant to say vote. <laughs> yes, this is this is period. About, this is about the vote, but actually, because I know you, we both know you from the event community. That's mm-hmm. where we met. Mm-hmm. Um, after long after we met, I found out that you know my parents and have known them for years, which is kind of weird because I'm in my fifties and that feel like I'm back in school and somebody <laughs> somebody knows your parents. It's like a whole other conversation. Um, but you are a huge advocate in the nonprofit world. Um, we're going to let you talk all about that. And, and we have had some nonprofit superheroes here on the Visual Out podcast. And that is something that is being tremendously affected by the current world that we live in. So why don't we start with what you want to tell the world? I have some great things to talk about your accomplishments, but, but welcome to the show. Tell, tell us about yourself. Sure. Uh, so talking about nonprofits, I always say that I fancy myself to be the senator for the nonprofit sector. That means each year that I've been in the Senate, I've enacted at least one new law helping that segment of our economy and our workforce. A lot of people think of nonprofits as just food pantries, battered women's shelters, and homeless shelters. Uh, that is not the case. They are also our hospitals, our community colleges, our, our literacy councils, and so much more. We need to support them and every single one of them has taken an enormous hit during COVID. There has been a much higher demand and a much more challenging opportunity to raise money. Talking about events, uh, virtually everyone, pun intended, has had to cancel their annual galas. They are instead trying to have them online, which is just... Virtual gala. A right. virtual gala. And that's just not as delicious. We don't get to have uh, fancy caterers and delicious drinks and food. And, uh, and people just aren't as likely to write checks that are quite as big because their own business or their own household may be struggling financially. Do you think that that's also a fear of what we don't know yet is coming down the road, right? So as much as... I think when we first started this lockdown, we were very, oh, it will only last X amount of time. Right. Now we're almost, my goodness, we're going to, you know, be nearing a year mm. of this. And and I think that 
that yes, the virtual will never leave us. You know, it will be with us. Right. And I th- and finding a way to help those nonprofits. Yes, um, I have seen some, um, and I'm sure you have as well, some successful attempts at fundraising. And I think that we definitely need to focus more on that or on how those can be uh, successful, even though they're they're not in person events. Yes. So I just want to make the pitch that you donate local. A lot of times people think about charities or nonprofits and they think about the United Way or the American Red Cross and they're both worthy uh, charitable organizations, but it's your local community-based nonprofits that are making a difference for those who need help uh, either during COVID or year-round. And you, and- m- you make a great point because I, you just made me think about that because when I think about it, I get so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. But then, as you just said, if I just focus locally, you know, it, it's one small step, but which means huge for the community. Your dollars go further because even a $20 contribution, a $50, a $10, it doesn't even matter. I mean, but every little bit is your show of support and makes a difference in your own neighborhood, in your own community. So really think about the nonprofits that you're passionate about, the issues that matter to you. Do a little bit of research. You don't have to do a ton because really um, the work that you will do will reveal pretty quickly which groups are making a difference and helping the most people near you. Well, just to add to one of the things that you're working on right now, you've also launched a, a recent project to the media world in your in your vlog or your video podcast on YouTube. Uh, look up Senator, Senator uh, Cheryl Kagan on YouTube. Uh, and one of the people you interviewed was the CEO of Mana Food Group. Indeed. And that is a group that we're very close with. We've done several projects with. Uh, and it's, again, what you're saying, that... They're here in our local backyard. Mm-hmm. 20 bucks does make a difference. Mm-hmm. 220 bucks makes more of a difference. Right. <laughs> uh, but they're in our backyard. They're helping the people in our own community. We can see the results instantly. Amen. There you go. So a lot of times people... I'm going to pivot a little bit to elections, but people focus on the President of the United States or U.S. Senate. But frankly similar to nonprofits, it's the most local people. It's your city council members, your mayors, your state legislators who are going to have the much larger impact on your life. And yet, a lot of times people go in, they might vote for president or for U.S. Senate, and then they drop off and they don't do the, the local candidates. They don't focus on the Board of Education, which is half of our budget. They don't focus on the ballot measures, which have an enormous um, influence in in how our government and our community functions. And a lot of people are not prepared. They look at their neighbor's lawn sign and just and vote that way. Not always the right way to do it. So how do you tell somebody election day is two, two weeks away? By the time this airs, it'll be barely a week away. Mm-hmm. And how do you tell somebody where to find whether their conscience is blue or red? How do they how do they find better information? Because we see ads for the president, sure. you know, ad nauseum, but we don't see for the board of ed. Right. We don't see for your local state senator. 
Uh, you're up for re-election this year, yes? I'm not. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Secure. Uh-huh. Uh, who is in your in your circle? So this year, so some people call them on years and off years, but I think every year should be an on year. I work all the time, even during <laughs> coronavirus. We have to be on 24-7, 365 to help our constituents to make a difference. If you are waiting on an unemployment check, you don't want to be told, I'll get back to you in a week or two. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, I'm not on the clock this week. <laughs> Exactly. So we really, um, we are focused. So this year, the state races are not on the ballot in Maryland. Other states they are. But in Maryland, we're just looking at federal races. And then just the school board, again, half our county's budget. And our Some judges, I think, and maybe. sitting judges that I have endorsed. And then six ballot measures, four that are county and two that are proposed constitutional amendments. And reading those, oh my goodness. Yes. They are so, again, I'm using the word overwhelming. Yeah. You know, you have to read it at least, you know, 5, 10, 20 times or call you right. and say, please make <laughs> sense of this. So I did a mailer. I've done a lot of uh, tweets and posts. I have a special page on my website, CherylKagan.org, with links and information on my opinions about the ballot measures that are super important. Because this podcast is about event organizing and event hosting, I should mention that in addition to being a senator, which just doesn't pay enough to <laughs> afford a mortgage and, I don't know, food, uh, <laughs> for a while I actually picked up some catering gigs, which was very interesting because at virtually every wedding, bar and bat mitzvah or graduation ceremony that I catered, uh, I would run into somebody that I knew or who knew me. And they were like... Senator? As I'm in my tuxedo pants and tuxedo shirt and all that. I said, I said yes, but would you like some tuna tartare? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that. They didn't quite understand uh, it. A couple of weeks ago, I interviewed um, David Adler, the CEO of BizBash, and we were talking about important social moments in a corporate career. And he was telling me that part of the funding that he got to launch BizBash 20 years ago was with a financier that he met at someone's bris. And someone's bris is how I ended up in my current pathway 25 years ago in my wow. current job. So it's just right. to have bris in common with... Uh, right. So Cheryl, I know that So from your experience now in the event world, yes. as you know, which is very difficult to, to really grasp, there are uh, 12 million of us in the event industry, in the live event industry that, you know, don't have an industry anymore right, right now um, and goes back to uh, also your nonprofit. We do have a friend, Dave Edwards, who works at a pantry uh, in D.C. And what he does is he's actually going out and, and distributing food mm -hmm. to events people. Mm. I mean, it, wow. it, it is so devastating for our own industry. So the coronavirus has devastated so many industries. I'm very involved in the music world. I've had my own concert series. This was to be the 18th year of my bringing uh, touring national singer-songwriters to perform in my home in Rockville outside of DC. And no one's going to come to someone's home and sit and listen to live music. And uh, so all of those creative, brilliant, passionate people who want to share their music are trying to do it on online. It's just not the same. And I think before we started the podcast, I mentioned to you that, you know, everybody, 
everybody wants a piece of that pie, right? Mm-hmm. Or not want, but is need of yes. a piece of that pie. But that that pie really is a domino effect. And, it, it, you know, there's if you bake a pie, all the pieces touch. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's overlapping everywhere. So we really need to come together. So you mentioned earlier that uh, that the, that we've been with COVID for almost a year, which terrified me. I did not respond uh, at the moment, but it's really seven months is quite <laughs> sufficient as a as a daunting number. But the reality is that we need Congress and the White House to work together to continue providing support. And the partisan bickering in advance of the election is not helping our small businesses, our event planners, our singer-songwriters, and others who are really struggling. Or even the children who are struggling at schools, you know, to have the infrastructure. Not all of them have the infrastructure at home to be able to do the virtual Mm -hmm. uh, learning. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's when I go back to the feeling as an individual, I'm not speaking for anyone else, overwhelmed. Yes. You know, of I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And and then all of a sudden you kind of shut down. So in January, the hope is that the Senate will reconvene in person with a lot of dramatic changes. Which senator are we talking about? The the Maryland Maryland, State Senate in Annapolis, that we will reconvene, that we will do so safely and distantly, and yet we need to be transparent and engaged in democracy. So there are a lot of issues that will go by the wayside in 2021 because we need to focus very strongly on economic development, on health care, on those students who are having troubles because they don't have access to Wi-Fi or they don't don't have a good enough computer or three kids are all trying to use the same computer I mean and mom and dad maybe are um, trying to do their jobs and the signal just isn't strong enough there are so many issues that we're going to be focused on uh, it's going to be a really strange session. it takes a community so so since we don't have a crystal ball unless you have one in your purse because that would <laughs> I wish. be super cool <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen at the election but Regardless of the national scene, what do we do to to be informed about helping us make the decisions on the local level? You talked about the school board. Mm-hmm. You have more power in the voting world than the, the other two of us happen to be sitting at the table with you. Um, is, is there anything that we can do beside, between now and November 3rd to make a difference? Or, or that we can tell the visual community uh, uh, what, what to be doing in the state of Maryland or outside of the state of Maryland. So the most important thing is that everyone has to vote. I say that to Republicans, to Democrats, to Independents, to Green Party people. Make your voice heard. We are blessed to live in a democracy, at least for today. <laughs> and, uh, and it is our job as Americans to not just vote, but to be informed voters. So make sure you know about the people that you are choosing before you cast your vote. Second, if you are passionate on any side of an issue or a campaign, you could find a little bit of time perhaps in a busy schedule, but even an hour or two, and phone bank into a swing state. Maryland is bright blue. We tend to vote for Democrats in presidential elections. So I was phone banking into Pennsylvania and encouraging people in Pennsylvania to vote and vote for Joe Biden. But people can do that everywhere, anywhere they want. It's easy. You do it from the comfort of your home, using your own phone, and there are automatic dialers. 
Well, I truly, that is Bailey talking to us in the background. She's been a guest. She agrees with you. Yeah, she's totally on board with what you're saying, and she's been a part of other podcasts uh, before. Um, uh, I know that your time is very limited, and we certainly appreciate you being here with us. Uh, before we uh, before we head towards the, the back end of our conversation, uh, let, let the listening audience know a little bit about how to get a hold of you, track what you're all about, uh, if you're leaning blue, where they can find out stuff about the Maryland School Board and things like that, uh, your website, your best way to get a hold of you socially. Okay, that's about 20 questions. Oh, so <laughs> Let's go with the easy one. What's the best way to find out about you and your stuff? CherylKagan.org is my website. Send Cheryl Kagan on YouTube is how to get to my new podcast vlog, uh, vlog, uh, which is kibitzing with Kagan, short conversations with people I find fascinating. I am all over social media. I have five Facebook pages, two Twitter accounts, two YouTube channels, and an Instagram page. So um, I am wow. very easy to connect with. It's a lot. And that's, a, be, that's a wow, as we call it, a visual wow thank moment. You. <laughs> to be clear. Uh, staff does not maintain any of those. My staff does not have any of those passwords. I do it all myself, which is part of the reason why I have a lot of gray hair. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Just totally. okay. In terms of Board of Ed, because you keep asking about that, Board of Ed is the one uh, race that I did not publicly endorse in. I will cast a private ballot. Um, you can look at who you respect, who you know, who is supporting folks, but they, but each candidate has their own website. Read up on it. Don't take things totally at face value, but you should uh, you should be prepared. And again, the school board is half of our state of our county's budget. So, Cheryl, I know that you've got another project, nine one one. Tell us more about that. Thank you for asking about that, Monica. Um, three people have died in my district when nine one one failed. This is not an issue that is hypothetically important. It is literally life or death. It is one of the most important services that government provides, and yet we are using technology that is over 50 years old. While the rest of us are on smartphones, our 911 systems are still on wire phone and yeah. analog They're and analog. all that. And that's something that affects all of us equally. It's not... right. Rich people, poor people, it's every county, everything. So in August, so first off, I chair the statewide Next Generation 911 Commission, which has enacted nine laws so far. We are busy working on this year's annual report that will include recommendations uh, that will be turned into legislation. But the bottom line is it includes cybersecurity attacks. There's a challenge with hiring, retaining, and training our 911 specialists, the people under the headsets. Hopefully people are watching the Monday night ABC show, which is phenomenal and gives you a, a sense of how pressured how stressful those jobs are. We have funding issues, we have oversight, we want to make sure that, that everything goes correctly. So we are working on that uh, and Maryland is at the forefront. We're getting a lot of national attention because we are moving forward. In August we went statewide with text to 911. So if you can call, but if you can't because you're you have reason. A, you're deaf or you are having a health challenge or you're hiding in your closet with a bad guy in your house, you can now text anywhere in the state of Maryland to 911 and you will get a response. Make sure you indicate the location of your emergency. That is super cool. I had no cool? idea that existed. And at this moment, it's just Maryland that has... Well, Maryland isn't the only state, but we are one of the very small numbers that has it statewide. And we you know, all went statewide on the same day. Part of my rule 
air quotes, rule uh, in chairing this commission was I want all boats to rise. We have 24 jurisdictions. I didn't want wealthier jurisdictions to be ahead of lower income folks. I didn't. I wanted everyone going at once. And in the last, I think, two weeks, there were six or seven counties that were scrambling. But And it's it, an OMG moment because yeah. it's something that's so basic yes. that the fact that we're in 2020 only now talking about this you know or not we've act- been talking about no, it for years but acting, now we have it right yeah. acting on it yeah. you know it is yeah. it's complicated and there are bad people trying to interfere with our 911 system uh, one of the three people who died in my district was because 911 was overloaded uh, after a freak thunderstorm he was struck by lightning and his friends were trying to reach 911 and they got busy, 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 busy and there was no text to 911. <laughs> there was no workaround. And ultimately by the time they got him to the hospital, he was in pretty bad shape and he, and he later died. And so my work is uh, inspired by and dedicated to Carl Henn, a former Rockville resident. Well, I'm sure I speak for both of us and our listening audience that we're with you. Thank Whatever you. we can do, I don't know what we can do, um, but let us know and, you know, we'll be there. Great. That uh, absolutely falls in the category of wow moment. That's a wow moment. Thank so you. thank you. Uh, great stuff, Cheryl. Thank you. Uh, really, really impressive stuff. I want to just throw up in the air that I am aware of the fact that you are a recent recipient of the Peacemaker Award. Um, not to be confused with a peacekeeper. This right. is not a NATO plug or something from the United <laughs> Nations. The Peacemaker Award uh, just recently awarded to you in a virtual uh, gala, gala, I might yeah. add. Tell me about that. So it was really a great honor. Um, in our nation, we are too divided. And so this was especially a meaningful recognition by the Conflict Resolution Center of Montgomery County. The acronym is CRICMIC, which I just think is, is fun. Uh, CRICMIC is especially engaged now in during COVID because you think about it, it's landlord and tenants, it's spouses, family members who are stuck together for months and months, it's neighbors, it's employers and employees. And so the number of domestic uh, disputes separate and apart from domestic violence domestic disputes um, is just skyrocketing and so conflict resolution sending volunteer mediators that are well trained out into the community to help people address uh, their their problems is really making a big difference so peacemaker peacemaker of the year um, I am committed to working with my Republican colleagues whenever I can I reach out to the community including with those who disagree with me and uh, and can't always come to a kumbaya moment, but when we can, it's it's for the good of the people. Well, it's all about continuing, and you have to keep on keeping on. So you have to keep trying, and you know, somewhere in the middle, we we will come together. Exactly, Senator. I know that you've been involved with uh, legislation about styrofoam and getting it out of our state, out of our county, out of our everything. Uh, hopefully, pointing it towards a national uh, a national resolution. Uh, give us the details. That's a really cool project. Thank you. I sponsored a bill with Delegate Brooke Learman. It took three years to get it through the General Assembly, but we are now what I call hashtag foam free MD. Maryland was the very first state in the country to ban styrofoam in food packaging everywhere in the state. A number of counties had already banned it in recent months or years, but we finally 
dictated that it must be so statewide for its terrible impact on the environment as well as on public health. So we're talking about everything from restaurants to uh, stadiums, and mm-hmm. there's just no more styrofoam in the state of Maryland as of... As of October 1st of this wow, year. Wow, this is like two weeks old. Yes. That's very... That's Breaking super. news. We passed it in 2019. We gave an, a delayed effective date so that businesses and caterers and restaurants could use up their existing stash. We didn't want them to throw it away. That made no sense because it would have the same terrible impact right. without being practical. So use up what you've got, but then buy new stuff. And so that's why my brain was going, wait, I've been to so many events. I've seen them still out there. What's going on? In Montgomery County, you should not have seen it for years, actually. And same with Prince George's County, D.C., Baltimore City. Many of those have passed it, have banned it years and years ago. But if you go to Ocean City, you're at the beach, that's new. And uh, we added a waiver in case there was a problem. I've got too much stuff or it's a burden on my business. Um, so you you could put in a request for a waiver out of all the jurisdictions that had enacted local legislation not one waiver was sought we're talking about a couple of pennies difference between a styrofoam clamshell takeout container at your favorite chinese restaurant and cardboard one that's biodegradable biodegradable is extra points yeah <laughs> but uh but cardboard or sugar cane or bamboo or there's so many so creative plastic options also oh of course right, plastic right. is Plastic is not ideal, but it doesn't... The problem with styrofoam is not only can it be recycled, uh, when we're talking about food service, um, but it breaks down into little pieces, so you can't collect it. It's lightweight, it blows around, it blows into our waterways, but the fish and the animals eat it thinking it's food, and then we eat the fish. So or that's the, animals. The, pa- and the packing peanuts that also... That's not food service. Okay. Just the food service. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what we, we took a big hunk out of that. That's the, our biggest problem. And, uh, but we're ingesting toxic chemicals when we do that. Don't ever eat takeout Chinese food or any food from styrofoam. And don't ever drink a hot cup of tea or coffee from a styrofoam cup. You are drinking cancerous chemicals. Yeah, next no year, kidding. Next year, have to te- next year you have to take on uh, Teflon pans and pots. That's a whole other subject a whole for, other story. for another day. But hey, plastics are an uh, enormous problem. Th- this is a rhetorical question unless you can answer it in 30 seconds, which will be really cool for the, for the visual listening <laughs> audience. Why does it take three years to, to make good information, make something good happen? Well, we have coalitions. We had the Sierra Club and the League Conservation Voters and Trash Free Maryland and, and students and lots of folks. But there are restaurants who were concerned that it was going to be an enormous cost. They were loud. They had a highly paid lobbyist. Uh, sometimes the good guys against the highly paid lobbyists, and I'm saying that with a little bit of bias, obviously, <laughs> um, can be a challenge. There is an industry on the eastern shore that is a factory that makes styrofoam and they were worried and they came in saying oh my gosh you'll put us out of business what they didn't say was that they also make non-styrofoam containers so it was just going to be a pivot from rather than ordering these you could order those and it was going to be fine so it took a little bit to calm everybody down and frankly to craft a reasonable bill that everybody could feel comfortable with it did pass with a few republican supporters um yes votes in the senate i would say that you probably are more of the philosophy prevention and education rather than you know dealing with the with the problems of when we do get sick from all these things. Oh, there's all that, absolutely. And there's also half a loaf is better than no loaf. So, you know, would I love to ban all styrofoam? 
sure, but what are we going to get our laptops or refrigerators shipped to us in right. and the packing peanuts and, you know, what is Amazon going to do? It just was impossible. It's, it's too big. It's so too big. So we bit off, pun intended, bit off what we could chew, which was food packaging. Well, Senator Kagan, we can't thank you enough for the time. I know you're on a crazy schedule right now. Uh, We're a week before Election Day when this airs. Uh, vote. Vote, vote, vote. vote. Get the vote out. So early voting, if you did not order uh, request a mail-in ballot, you have two choices. You can go to early voting, which is going to be for a week, at locations all around the county and all around the state. You do not have to go to your home area, your home precinct, wherever in your county is convenient for you, you can show up and vote. And the same thing is on election day. You don't have to be in your home precinct. You Most likely, your home precinct is not going to be open on election day. So make sure you check out and go to a place that will be open. It's mostly our high schools and some of our community centers. And then if you have a mail-in ballot at home, make sure you cast it, drop it off, at a drop-off box anywhere around the county, frankly, anywhere around the state, but around the county is easier, or you can put it, uh, drop it off with your letter carrier or at the post office. Uh, a lot of people are more comfortable with watching it go in at a drop box, which is secure. Contrary to information that our president may have told us, you yes. can't do both. You can't do both. You get one ballot. Make sure you vote it. Make sure you vote it all the way down the ballot, and make sure you deliver it in plenty of time. Well, that's completely awesome. Monica? Voting, voting. Yeah, vote. Voting. Do you want to say that in Spanish? <laughs> Por favor. No Debemos votar. Todos debemos votar. Right. Wow, we just went from having our first political guest to having our first bilingual po <gasps> podcast. That's super. Nous pouvons parler en français aussi. She does that too. Ah. I don't. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Visrael community, thank you so much for joining us, tuning in today. Uh, on behalf of Monica and myself, uh, Senator Kagan, thank you so much for the time today. You're welcome back any anytime you would like. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being leaders in our community and for being diligent um, leaders in the event planning community. You guys are, are rock stars, and I'm proud to represent you in the Senate. Well, thank you so very much. And ladies and gentlemen, keep an eye on what Cheryl's doing. She is uh, super dynamic. Um, I, I, I call her friend. It slips out when I call her Cheryl. She is our senator uh, and deserves that respect. Check her out, Senator Cheryl Kagan, on just about every platform, including the ones that haven't been invented yet. As she <laughs> continues to create As she, she continues amazing to make wow, wow moments. moments. I knew that was yes. coming. Thank you. Uh, her vlog is really cool. Her first guest was seven years old. Uh, you got to check out her episode uh, on, episodes on YouTube. Uh, once again, Senator, thank you so much. On behalf of all of us at Visual Wow, we're out. Thanks for listening to Visual Wow. If you like what you heard, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and tell your friends. Go to visualwow.com for more info. If you didn't like what you heard, just keep it to yourself. Know a pro we should be talking to on the show? Drop us a line. Talk with you next time on Visual Wow.